Welcome to Best True Crime Podcast, a division of Best True Crime Books, Games, and Video, LLC. I'm your lead investigator on this case, Judith A. Yates, award-winning true crime author, a criminologist, and a paranormal explorer. Every episode is an investigation where you and I explore true crime, forensics, historic cases, dark history, and criminal theory. We discuss the cases, share information, no chatter, no commercials, no off-topic. Now, grab your crime scene kit, a notebook, and your favorite hat. This is Best True Crime Podcast. Remember when you could walk your loved one to the airport waiting room and watch their plane cruise down the runway? We always waved as the plane took off as if they could actually see us. Remember when we didn't have to take our shoes off to get into the airport? We could bring a drink. We didn't have to have our teeth and underwear inspected before we actually boarded the plane. Do these safety and security measures really work? Or are they in place just to make us feel safe? What is truly the biggest threat to our safety while flying? Hey everyone, and welcome to the first podcast of 2024. We are flying the friendly skies, so buckle up, press the button if you need the flight attendant, because we are going airborne. This is the truth about airport security. It's one of those events in United States history where everybody of a certain age can tell you where they were on September 11th, 2001. That morning, 19 terrorists hijacked four commercial airliners scheduled to travel from the New England and Mid-Atlantic regions of the East Coast to California. So many of us watched live the first two planes hit the World Trade Center in New York City. Hijackers succeeded in crashing one of the airliners into the Pentagon, the headquarters of the U.S. Department of Defense in Arlington County, Virginia. And the fourth plane went down in rural Pennsylvania when passengers prevented another attack on what may have been the White House or the nation's capital. The attacks killed nearly 3,000 people. And so many of us began to feel we were no longer safe on U.S. soil. I remember watching it live and I remember thinking, this is the end of the world. Well, it wasn't, but sometimes it felt like it, especially in the aftermath. And even today, we still wonder, are we safe in the air? Well, today, 1.73 million people will be boarding and exiting airplanes across the United States, with about 500,000 people in the air at any given time. The FAA will be handling about 45,000 flights in U.S. airspace. And no matter where you are or who you are, it will cross your mind. How safe is air travel? Will a terrorist board a plane and fly it into a building? Detonate a bomb? Take us hostage? Will we make it home to our loved ones or even reach our destination? See, after 9-11, our fear of flying and the safety measures in the airports and onboard planes have really ramped it up with security, airplane safety, and so many new rules and regulations. But is it worth it? And does it even work? The vast majority of terror killings on airlines are by bombs hidden in checked luggage. To date, 
less than half of all checked baggage and almost no cargo is screened for explosives. Well, you say, let's get some bomb-sniffing dogs to check out the thousands of pieces of luggage that are chugging through every minute in the hundreds of airports every day. After all, a dog's sense of smell is a thousand times more sensitive than humans, and they can be trained to detect even a tiny portion of explosive. But dogs have limits, and after about half an hour, dogs need time to kind of recharge their noses. Alright, maybe we feel safer on board because one of the passengers might be an air marshal. After all, we've seen all the movies. There are estimates that as few as 5% of U.S. flights have a marshal on board, presumably favoring the routes terrorists would find most tempting. In the last 15 years, the General Accounting Office has been investigating the air marshal program and here's what we know from that. Training cannot keep up with air marshals. This means less training time and not enough air marshals. One of the huge problems with the air marshals program is budget cuts. Same story, not enough money. And a recent investigation by the Department of Homeland Security turned up 753 reports of, quote, air marshal misconduct during one eight-month period in 2002, including being intoxicated on the job and sleeping on duty. Airports have adopted this sort of chiclet-colored coding system of safety where you see the signs all over the airport. Green means we are perfectly safe. Yellow means we need to be aware of our surroundings. Red means we need to be on high alert. We are never going to be in green because life is full of threats, like being run over by one of those carts that carry people through the terminals, or choking on one of those pretzel nuggets while waiting to board a plane. <coughs> and there is no possible way a human being could ever live on high alert and not drop dead from a heart attack or some kind of physical ailment. So we are always going to be in yellow because that is just life. Life is living in yellow. Be aware. Be aware you will have to show your ticket and your ID to the TSA agent when it's your turn. So you're not holding up the line when it's your turn. Be aware you might have to change gates. Be aware you're going to have to take your shoes off. Yellow means be aware and that's life. Let's talk about TSA. These folks are the first line of security at the airport. According to the TSA website employment link, tsacareers.com, these are the minimum qualifications to be a TSA agent. You have to be a U.S. citizen or national. You have to be 18 years of age or older. Have a high school diploma, GED, or a equivalent certificate be registered for Selective Service, you must be able to pass a federal drug screening, medical evaluation, and a background investigation. You need to be available to work shifts at odd hours, occasional overtime, and the ability to travel for training. 
TSA agent salaries, according to Indeed.com, is $20.48 per hour, or about $41K a year. Once hired, you are required to complete an immersive two to three week training program at an academy. The TSA's program called Screening of Passengers by Observation Techniques, or SPOT, is a non-intrusive behavior observation designed to uh, spot potentially high-risk passengers. It's based on known behavior analysis techniques and it supposedly weeds out travelers who show symptoms of terrorist or criminal intent. TSA agents are taught to look for odd behavior. For example, wearing heavy clothes on very hot days, buying long-distance tickets without any luggage, acting overly nervous or overly detached. Now, in all of these cases, the behavior may be perfectly innocent. For example, I hate flying. Even walking into the airport puts my nerves in high gear. Sweaty palms, scratchy throat, I can't even think clearly. And my behavior becomes even more erratic as I approach the plane. And without thinking, I will probably have what could be deemed a dangerous weapon. Like that nail clipper set I carried over to Africa in my backpack, but they confiscated on my flight Houston to Austin, Texas. On average, one in 17 passengers is carrying what the FAA terms a dangerous weapon. <gasps> the TSA's loose definition of potential weapons includes hairspray and ballpoint pens and nail clippers. There is what's called the 311 rule, where every passenger can carry liquids, gels, and aerosols in travel size containers that are 3.4 ounces or 100 milliliters. Each passenger is limited to one quart size bag of liquids, gels, and aerosols. But let's say I need to go to Mexico to get a tummy tuck and I invite Jessica Chastain. Hey, this is my story and I'm doing what I want. Jessica and I can each carry these items, which means together we can bring on enough explosive material hidden in our 3.4 ounce travel size containers to take out the tummy tuck clinic or the airplane's first class accommodations if we don't like the movie, if we so desire. And if a trooper stops us to talk, we have every right to refuse but this means we are going to delay the flight and I am going to miss my appointment, which will only guarantee a security check of everyone around us and more stringent scrutiny at future security checkpoints for everybody. That means you. We've already had to take off our shoes at three different airports. Let's leave the airport lobby area and we're going to walk around to the back of the airport where nobody goes but the baggage handlers. 
and the airplane staff, like the crew, the pilots, and the cabin crew. Let's start with baggage handlers. Baggage handler jobs, the average base salary is about $16.89 a year, or about 39 k annually, according to Indeed.com. To be a baggage handler, you need a high school diploma or a GED and be at least 18 years old. You need a driver's license with a clean driving record. You receive on-the-job training and you need to pass a medical test, which would include a physical and an eye test. And most likely they're going to give you a drug test to start. So how good is safety at the airport behind the scenes? What if you really wanted to get near the airplane? You can purchase orange safety vests online or even purchase them at specialty stores. You could even go to a thrift store. They carry them. A pilot's uniform and badge lanyards are so easy to purchase online. Just go to ebay.com. They sell them. If you need the epaulets to go on the uniform, eBay sells them. Any of the insignias, name tags, hats, you can buy those. And you don't even have to leave home. Just get online. Actually, if you really want to go behind the scenes of the airport, you don't even have to leave the lobby. The average turnover rate of janitorial, maintenance, and fast food workers at our largest airports is about 126%. Remember Richard Reed, the shoe bomber? In 2001, he attempted to set off an explosive hidden in his shoe while on board a plane. As we speak, he is sitting behind bars at a maximum security prison serving a life sentence for eight charges, including attempted mass murder. Since 2001, hundreds of millions of travelers have had to remove their shoes before boarding the plane. Taking off our shoes to be scanned and showing the world we have holes in our socks, not one shoe has proven to be a danger to airline safety. Yet almost all these shoes have what? Shoestrings. I can show you how to make a very good weapon with shoestrings. One lunatic has caused millions of people to have to remove high heels, sneakers, wingtips, boots, stilettos, business casuals, hooker shoes, crocs, all the shoes you can name and place them in a bin. Okay, before you say I am sitting here giving people ideas on how to hijack a plane or do very bad things, the bad guys already know these things. What we really need to ask ourselves and each other, do all of these safety and security measures that we're spending all this time and money on, do they really work? Or are they in place just to make us feel safe? What is really the biggest threat to our safety while flying? And is there any way to make it better? I hope you had a very good holiday season. I'm hoping you have a very happy and safe 2024. We are flying friendly skies this time. We're buckling up. Press the button because I'd like to have a drink. And we are going airborne. This was the truth about airport security. Be safe out there.
Hey listeners, this is Judith A. Yates reminding you that it is getting cold outside. And while you're inside staying warm, your pets should be warm too. Even if it's just the garage or in the barn, get your pets some hay or straw to curl up in to stay warm. You should keep your cats and dogs inside when the temperature falls below 40 degrees outside, even dogs with thick fur. Antifreeze is a deadly poison. It has a sweet taste that attracts animals, so be sure and clean up any spilled antifreeze. Check your car's hood before starting the car. Either bang on the hood or honk your horn because cats and small animals will crawl up in the engine space to stay warm and you don't want to start your engine with an animal in there. Clean off paws if you suspect your dogs or your cats have walked through rock salt because they'll lick their feet and that rock salt in their system is not good. Cats should never be left outdoors even if they roam outside during other seasons. Bring them in. And remember, a pet carrier is not a doghouse. If you need a doghouse and are having hard times financially, you can usually find them for free. Check Craigslist under the free listings, and you can usually find them if you keep your eye open. Always provide fresh drinking water in the winter. And for more information, go to www.aspca.org. Let's leave animal abusers out in the cold. Let's not leave the animals. Thank you for joining me on this investigation, exploring true crime, forensics, historic cases, dark history, and criminal theory. This is Best True Crime Podcast. No chatter, no commercials, no off-topic. I do hope you will subscribe. This podcast runs off donations only. You can drop us a donation, $35 or more, and I'll send you a signed book. Just go to www.besttruecrime.com. My name is Judith A. Yates, award-winning true crime author, a criminologist, and a paranormal explorer. Thank you for joining me on Best True Crime Podcast, a division of Best True Crime Books, Games, and Video, LLC. Be safe out there.